Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next workshop coming up September 30th through October 2nd in Pennsylvania. So call us today at 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real-life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. We've got a uh, special guest on the line with us, Dustin Daniels. So, Dustin, how are you today? I'm good, Jonathan. Thank you so much for, for having me on the air. You bet. Well, before we dive into some of Dustin's story and kind of what God has called him to in ministry, I just want to remind uh, you listeners, as we do periodically, that we are a listener-supported broadcast, and so we're grateful to all of you who have come alongside and partnered with us financially, and uh, we just want to let you know about how you can partner with us. So if you go to our website at puresexradio.com and click on the Donate tab, that's where you can learn about the different ways that you can come alongside and, and partner with us in this great ministry. So, Dustin, it's uh, it's good to hear your voice again. Uh, uh, you and I have known each other for a while and kind of just seen each other's ministries um, take off. And I'm excited about what God is doing in your life, but I would love for our listeners to just kind of be introduced to you. So if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, kind of where you've come from, sort of just what your story is, and then I'd love for you to be able to share some of your insights with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was uh, I grew up in in Indiana and uh, have a brother and uh, I have a, a wonderful mom that uh, grew up as a single mom. It's it, my story is kind of interesting. My parents got divorced when when I was a little boy, and then um, by the time I was probably eight or nine years old, uh, my mom got remarried again. But so my brother and I were kind of weekend warrior tight kids. Mm -hmm. And so we would go and visit my, my dad every other weekend. And he lived about two hours away from us. So that was always kind of a a drive and a trip and and that kind of thing. And, uh, I, uh, I, you know, 
I loved my dad, and, but I really never understood him. Mm. Um, he was, unfortunately, he was an alcoholic. He was a sex addict. And uh, my brother and him got along well. My brother is about three years younger than I am. But I, I just never really understood what was going on. And um, so one day, my story, I just, I find some pornographic magazines um, that, mm-hmm. he, that he had hidden. And uh, boy, that, that kind of changed my world forever. I think I was about seven or eight years old. Wow. Complete, completely fascinated by what I saw. I, I wasn't understanding what I saw, but I just knew somehow that this really intrigued me. So as, as I continued to, to visit my father every other weekend, I continued to look at those magazines, and then I ended up stealing them and just very, very confused as a, a little boy about this topic of, of sexuality. And then um, around the same time, um, I, was, I was abused by a female babysitter, mm. and so that even, that even furthered my confusion about this thing called sexuality. So growing up through... High school and college, I was just obsessed with this idea of sex and um, not having a dad in my life, having someone to kind of tell me what's going on with me and my thoughts and kind of share that with me um, is, is a big part of my story. And when I got married in college, I, I ended up bringing my addiction into into the marriage and uh, as as many of your listeners know that, that pornography and sexual sin certainly doesn't stop at pornography. So I mm-hmm. ended up having several affairs and ruining my life that way. And, um, well, I tell you by the end of, at the end of my journey, I was, I was ready to commit suicide. I yeah. just, after 20 years of being in bondage to this, this stuff, it was all I could think about, Jonathan. It was just either sex or suicide. Mm-hmm. And by God's grace, His amazing grace, I, uh, I, I start going back to church. I start hanging out in men's groups, and, and uh, you know, he, he meets me in my one little bedroom apartment in Houston, Texas at the time, and I have this very dramatic Paul-like experience with the Lord, and man, I tell you, that just changed my world forever, and the ministry that I'm a part of, it's called Seven Places, um, along with the radio show, uh, it's called God, Sex, and Current Events. Those two things come out of 20 years of addiction and of, of really being a guide to families and, and what not to do, you know? Sure, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, I, I always tell people, you know, you're free to make your own mistakes, but man, you don't have to make, you don't have to duplicate mine. Let me come alongside of you here and, uh, share with you what, what the Lord has, has shared with me. So thinking back about when you got introduced to pornography and then, you know, just kind of, you had the additional confusion of, of the abuse, um, and then just kind of starting to get obsessed in those high school years how are you internalizing this confusion regarding your sexuality? Uh, because it sounds to me like you were, this was not something that you were, you know, sharing with anybody else. You weren't talking about it. Uh, and I could be wrong. Maybe you were, but how are you internalizing this confusion? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, 
that's the point. I didn't have anybody to talk to, and I just kept holding everything inside. Um, and as the years progressed, my life just seemed like a big balloon that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, with with without the ability to release some of that air to, to bring it back down to normal, for example. Um, and it, it wasn't until I was in my early 30s to where I was able to actually confess to um, a safe person my life story. Mm. And I think because of that, that constant internalizing, you know, sexual sin... Um, it forces you to be isolated. It forces you to be alone. It forces you to think that you're the only one struggling with this. And I was just locked up in so much shame that I, I just, there's no way that I could tell anybody because I, I thought that I was literally just a complete freak. Yeah. And that's, that's what kept me from, from sharing. Well, let's let's talk about so that. many years, Jonathan. Let's talk about that shame a little bit because that's always such a, a prevalent underlying factor. Um, how how did shame keep you locked in the prison of secrecy? Because I think sometimes these things go hand in hand. You know, we we wonder is it the chicken or the egg? Like, what comes first, the secret or the shame? You know, it's kind of like they they sort of go hand in hand. But I think as as we move forward, the deeper we get into our acting out behaviors or, you know, pursuit of pornography and other sexual escapes, it seems like shame just keeps driving us deeper into that secrecy. So how did that play out in your life? Because you said there was 20 years here. I mean, so you had a lot of life experiences going on. I mean, you went through high school, said you got into college, got married. Um, how did How did shame keep pressing you deeper and deeper and deeper into secrecy? Yeah, you know, I think the main reason was that I found my identity and my self-worth in sex, mm. and it was in women. And um, as I got older, um, it just seemed to, to grasp my, my life so much so that I, I, it was almost like I lost my choice. You know, at first, well, this was fun. I, I got to I got to look at these images and 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 I did all the things that have that came with that. Um, started going to strip clubs and and doing all those things, but all of a sudden, and I don't know when it was, Jonathan, but the the shame um, really uh, like took me by the throat and said, "You cannot not do this." Mm-hmm. And I just I was just thinking, well, wow, I mean how can I not do this because this is such a big part of who I am? You know, pornography has become my friend. I, I quit going out with, with friends. I didn't have any friends. So I considered, I considered pornography as a friend and, mm-hmm. and I certainly couldn't give it up, but I really, I really thought that the, the, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't consider it shame at the time, but looking back over my shoulder now, I see that it was, it, it wasn't something that I just did. It was a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and more of an identity. I, was, I just, yeah, uh, because I didn't have, I didn't have anybody in my life to tell me otherwise. I didn't. It was either, it was either pornography and sex or work. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's amazing how long um, we can go by trying to uh, manage this addiction or the, the shame issue um, and, and live, live through that. But uh, managing the sin, that's, that's just kind of a, an illusion of control that we have. Well, um, so, yeah, it was a big part of who I was. Yeah, and I might throw you a little bit of a curveball on this shame issue because, you know, here you and I are talking. We're a couple of Christian guys uh, in Christian ministries. And, you know, I know there's people out there that will say, listen, that whole shame talk, that's just religious talk. You know, that that's just people who are stuck in the, you know, 15th century, you know, prudish Puritan you guys don't know what the, you know, you're not up with the times. There's no shame in pornography. There's no shame in in expressing your sexuality however you see fit. How would you respond to so many in our culture who are essentially saying there is no real connection uh, of shame to this issue of sexual brokenness? That's just a an old, outdated religious idea. The only reason you feel shame is because yeah. you're under this you know, the thumb of this religious system. Is there shame, period, in this issue of pornography, regardless of a person's religious background? Yeah, I, you know, I, I would just share my story a little bit, because I, I wasn't religious when I was an addict. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't know who, I didn't know who God was. So I, I did all the things that the world told me to do. And so my 20 years of being an addict was apart from God. Now, there's, there's always the sense of, like, is he out there? You know, mm-hmm. why am I like this? Those, those kind of big, big questions. But at the end of my journey, the world's way did not work. And if we're going to try to separate shame from religion, then I would say before I was saved, why why did the world's way not work in mm-hmm. fact the world's why were you way mi- why were you miserable just, if if shame wasn't connected to yeah right? and not just miserable jonathan why was i suicidal mm-hmm. why why there was a period in my life to where for a year all i could think about was the day that i was going to kill myself mm. well what would you what are some uh what are some insights that you have gained that you gained along the way on, on your journey that uh, might be helpful to our listeners? Because obviously we're talking about this issue of shame, but there's, man, there's a whole lot of other things that are part of breaking free from a sexual stronghold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the first the first thing is is understanding what true guilt is before you get to the shame. And uh, guilt is th- this... It's a very, very good thing, especially if you know the Lord and you've accepted Him as your Lord and your Savior. I mean, we have to understand that that because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, that He's no longer mad at us, mm-hmm. that His wrath was taken out on His own Son. Um, if God is—Jesus loves us so much that He'll allow us to continue doing whatever we choose to do— um, but he's not mad at it, and, and the the guilt is like a you know a red light on on a dashboard of your car. Mm-hmm. It's saying something's wrong, and I want you to pay attention to that. 
and we have a choice. We have, and that's the, that's the unbelievable, undeniable grace of our Lord is that He actually gives us the choice to continue going down that path, or we can choose to do something different and uh, get some counsel, confess our sins, confess them to, to not not only Him but to another brother, and that kind of. Well, that definitely does let the air out of the balloon that I was talking about before, because you're confessing your sin and trying to figure out why. Why am I so attracted to this? Why, why do I cope with life's problems? Why do I tend to, why is this the, the thorn in my flesh, for example? Um, what, was so the, it's, what was the point? I mean, you talk about being suicidal. You talked about kind of having this um, Damascus Road experience kind of a thing. But um, had you ever, prior to that, had you ever shared with anybody about your secret? Or was that the first time you ever shared was when you were at that suicidal place in your life? Oh, I didn't even share then. Okay. Um, it took me, yeah, it took me a, another probably year after after I uh, went through that, that year-long suicidal phase and then um, got involved in a church and realized, like, this is what I've been missing all of my life. My my story is not one of, of like, a 12-step program or, or a Celebrate Recovery or, or anything like that. My journey is about community and being inside the local church with brothers who love me no matter how bad my story is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's it's one of those things, too, when you realize, oh, my gosh— there, Jesus was perfect. I'm not perfect, but I can certainly learn and apply uh, the things that I'm I'm learning inside. For example, the church or or the small group, but the local church is is really such a big part of my journey. And that's that's why we do um, kind of the things that that I teach within the ministry and the and the radio show itself. Now, now, so during this time, how long had you been married before all of this came to light? I was married, I got married at 22 when I was um, uh, in college. That that marriage lasted six years, and that marriage ended with me having two affairs. Mm. Um, uh, There's a pastor, I believe it's Steve Lawson, he always says, sin makes you stupid. Mm. And sexual sin made me really, really stupid, so... Um, what is, what do I choose to do? Well, I choose to get a divorce from my first wife and then marry one of the affairs. Mm. That marriage lasted five months and it, and it ended with her uh, physically assaulting me. So you can just see the, the depravity of sexual sin. It just takes you deeper and deeper. It affects everything that you do. It's not an isolated thing. Um, then it was a, a year or so after that to where I, I met the Lord, and um, uh, after I, I met the Lord, a year after that is when I met Amy, who is my uh, my wife of 11 years now. Mm-hmm. So my tr- my track record, you know, I, I to my own shame, Jonathan, I'm I'm so embarrassed to tell people, you know what, I've been married three times, two times as a as a complete idiot and then 
this time as uh, trying to be uh, a godly man. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, this is the most uh, beautiful thing, beautiful gift God has ever given me, because now he's teaching me all the things that I wanted to know when I was an addict. Uh, what, sure. what does this thing called intimacy look like? And how do I really love Amy? And, and, and to renew my mind with scripture and, and to get all those worldly things out. And uh, it's, a, it's a painful but beautiful journey. I, I say it's like a beautiful disaster. So. Mm-hmm. Could we maybe affirm each other as uh, redeemed idiots? Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, hey, I wanted to uh, also let our listeners kind of know a little bit about what you're doing. I mean, what what are you doing in ministry? How did you get called into ministry? What was that journey like? And what are some things that you've learned along that path of going from, um, you know, not only maybe recovery and and, and a new life of freedom and walking in the light, but then actually being called into ministry to help others who are struggling with sexual strongholds. Yeah, I think part of the the journey for me was learning to love uh, a small group of men. And um, over the years, when I was a part of small groups, uh, that was just such a big part of my my healing and my understanding of of what it looks like. Uh, to love your brothers and to to go deep and to go wide and serve and love them. So um, I I knew kind of in the back of my mind shortly after uh, my experience with the Lord when he saved me that he wasn't going to allow my story just to to stay my story, that he was going to use it for a, a pretty cool purpose. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, and then in, in 2006, I started my seminary journeys, uh, here in Phoenix with Phoenix Seminary. And, um, a few years after that, uh, he, the Lord just kind of showed up. I grabbed the pen and I just started writing this plan of this purity ministry. Uh, and it's called Seven Places. And the, uh, the name comes from the seven places that Christ bled from on the way to Calvary. And uh, it is a discipleship ministry. Uh, we have uh, a group here in Phoenix that we we meet uh, on a weekly basis. We've got counseling services um, along with um, the radio show. And the radio show is it's kind of the the megaphone for this idea of mm-hmm. of purity, um, just like yours is. You know, when I was. I remember calling you going, hey, is there anybody else doing this besides you? And they're like, no. So, um, you know, how does how does this look like for us to proclaim God's purity through the gospel? Mm-hmm. And um, I tell you, it's just been an, a, an amazing journey. And it's been really hard, and it's been really good, though. Yeah. Now, I, I want to I want to know what does it what does it feel like when you when you see those guys that are where you used to be and you see those aha moments. How do, what's that like for you when that happens? Well, I tell you, there is, there is not a greater joy mm. when, when, when I'm teaching and I literally see, I, I, I see somebody really get it. And 
there's a, a couple guys just the, the past week or something, and, and you literally see them and go, wow, mm-hmm. I just have never seen that until now. And you and I both know that's not us. That's right. the Holy Spirit of Almighty God teaching those men and penetrating their hearts so much so that, okay, now they've got the knowledge, but what are they going to do with it? And it's, it's the working out of this stuff where the rubber meets the road. So it is, yeah, it is such a joy for me to teach these things that the Lord has taught me. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those listeners out there that, hey, they're still, they're still in the darkness, they're still in their secrecy, they're, they're just struggling with having the courage to to step into those environments, to tell their story, or maybe they've stepped into some environments before and told their story and got burned. And it wasn't a no shame zone. It wasn't a place where you were safe enough to, what would you say to that person that is still just, they want to break free, but they are still locked in the, in the dark. Yeah, I would, I would, um, I would look at the life of Jesus Christ if you've been burned by the church. Because when we look at the life of Jesus, there there was no condemnation, there was no shame when he was talking to sexual sinners, when he was talking to the woman at the well, when he was talking to the woman who was on her way to get stoned when she was set up, uh, caught in the very act of adultery. Um he was so kind. He was, he was full of truth and grace. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the, the church doesn't know how to deal, most churches don't know how to deal well with this idea of sexual sin. It really, really scares them. Um, because if they did it well, then, Jonathan, your ministry wouldn't exist, nor mine. Mm-hmm. There, there, there would be no need for our ministries. And that's a prayer of mine. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, that's not the case. So we have to understand that, that the church is run by um, well-intentioned, prayerfully Christ-centered people, but we're still, we're still stained with sin. And for us to get our eyes off our sin and onto our Savior and really look and see how Jesus treated those people, and he loved them. He loved them so much, he had a, a great conversation, but at the end of the conversation, they understood where he, where he was on that. He mm-hmm. said, go and sin no more. Right. And um, that is the truth and the grace. So I know how hard it is to, especially the first time, but if you can, if you can trust the Lord in this, don't trust yourself, don't trust... Um, um, necessarily a person that you don't know well, but if you if you go to the Lord in prayer and go, look, I, I know that I need to do this, He will bring you a Christ-centered man. And uh, all it takes is one Christ-centered man to change your life forever, mm-hmm. and He will certainly bring that man to you, or a woman. Yeah. So, Dustin, a woman. Dustin, we've got a couple of minutes left, and I really want our listeners to be able to know how they can access some of your resources, some of your information, certainly your podcast. So, how can people get in touch with you or get in touch with your ministry? There are two websites. Um, you can go to sevenplaces.org and spell out the number seven there S E V E N places.org. 
that's the ministry website that tells you exactly what we do. And, and our mission, we exist to protect people from the evils of pornography. This, this idea of the Imago Dei, that, that people are made in the image of God, and really what that looks like. So we, we teach and we preach and we train and proclaim those, those items, and we come alongside families. It um, doesn't matter what church or what faith that you're in, we teach you how to do that. Um, there are uh, a new webinar series we're going to start here at the end of September, a teaching series, so you can get signed up for that. And then the radio show is uh, it's at DustinDanielsRadio.com. It's just my name. And uh, we've, got, we've been doing that since 2012, and there's 150 podcasts if you're an iTunes person. And uh, I tell you, I've had the privilege of, of interviewing over 50 pastors and authors, and, and uh, we talk about God, sex, and current events. We talk about things like, um, you know, what, do, what should Christians do about this new gender identity thing and mm-hmm. transgender stuff with Target and, and the President Obama mandates on schools? And we, we talk about all those things. Um, along with walking alongside in a discipleship fashion uh, when it comes to the, the show itself. That's great. Well, Dustin, believe it or not, we are out of time, but thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be on the program and to just bless our listeners. So thank you very much for being with us. Hey, thank you, Jonathan. God bless you. And listeners, we thank you for always tuning in, and we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Pure Sex Radio.